Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I guess representing the fine folks at Coors and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. How many beers did you have to drink to get a Coors Banquet t-shirt? Oh, God, I think I got this at TJ Maxx for like $6 or Fleet Farm or something. I just love the Banquet beer. It is a good hearty beer. It's the beer that built America. Maybe. <laughs> it's a I don't know. I, I, I think it was the beer that they had to bring from one place to another in Smokey and the Bandit. I'm going to have to look into that now. There was some sort of rule like that's Coors correct. couldn't go east of the Mississippi, and that was the... That's what Snowman and him had to do. Boy, we got off, what, 15 <laughs> seconds it took us to get off track. Which, whatever, the Olympics are over, football hasn't started, college is still a little bit away. We do have we do have a big, fat slate of preseason this week. We don't just have the Hall of Fame game, but uh, all the tennis players are up in Canada. All the golfers who aren't taking the week off are over in Carolinas. And, yeah, let's uh, – it's one of those tournaments. So North American tournaments turn into this where Alex gives up bets and the order of play is not decided yet. And we don't know if some of these are going to be today or tomorrow. Congratulations on Potapova. You hit a decent size underdog at about 160 plus 170. I got on that. I didn't know what day it was either. I checked the account like I was telling you and I had a winner <laughs> already this morning. So that was awful nice. Um, golf over might be a little tricky considering Sevastova is not winning a point yet. And uh, a couple other ones are going, but we do have some stuff from yesterday that you uh, – maybe just a quick reminder. Yeah, as you mentioned, a couple bets from yesterday are in play right now. Jesse Pagula is down a break in the first set. We have her money line and her 2-0. And then uh, the golf over, looking like it's going to have a rough return here. She is up 5-0, and Sevastova is struggling. Might get a serve here. Maybe we'll go 6-1 or maybe something. Maybe we get a retirement. Yeah, oh, that'd be nice too. Pushes are never bad. But – Two bets from yesterday that are still to come. Um, the total there at the bottom, Kudamatova, Potenseva, should be in about an hour or maybe a little longer than that, but um, that will be coming up in about 60 minutes or so. Again, should be a very competitive match. Talked about this yesterday. I have this total at 21 and a half. I'd probably even hang a juicy 21 and a half myself, to be honest. So to see 21 at standard juice looks really nice to me. If you have a 20 and a half at like minus 120, minus 125, and you can't find anything else, that's fine too. But there's a decent chance this match goes three. I think we're definitely getting a seven five, if not a seven six here in the first set. So like the over there. And then Ludmilla Samsonova is playing this afternoon. She is playing Elena Rybakina, who is a very good tennis player. We like her quite a bit, but I think the market is really overestimating the experience she's had on hard court already. And the fact that Samsonova really has only played one match since Wimbledon. It was a clay match. Hasn't played much tennis in the last four or five weeks anyway, but a very good hard court player. I have this money line below plus 200, and I have the game spread at like three and a half. So four and a half looks really nice to me. Plus 255 looks nice to me. We'll add those. Talked about those yesterday, so you might already have those. But if you don't, those are this afternoon. And then we do have a couple other additions. Bianca Andreescu makes her return to tennis. Um, haven't seen her since the clay season. She had to skip a tournament. She got COVID. But she's back in Canada where last time uh, she won this event but lost a set in every single match, I believe, except for the final where Serena actually retired. So will be her first match. I expect her to struggle a little bit to get back into some form. Harriet Dart is a qualifier. I generally like to back qualifiers. I don't know if she necessarily has the talent to beat Andreescu. But I think over 20 here is a great number. I think it should be 21, honestly. Um, I did get a chance. The over two and a half sets market, again, some of those prices have kind of just deteriorated. I don't know what's going on there. But 
maybe sprinkle a little bit there. I'll go back and check. I'll tweet that out. But for now, over 20 looks really nice to me. And then Serana Kirstea is playing Victoria Azarenka. Azarenka playing her first hardcourt tennis in a tournament that she either skips or loses in the first round every single time she comes. Kirstea wasn't a qualifier, but did get a first-round match under her belt. So she gets Azarenka in her first hardcourt match again in a tournament where she generally doesn't do too well. Kirstea is a very good player. I actually like her in this match at this price regardless of that. So it's a nice little cherry on top, plus 200. actually put a full unit on this one. Sometimes I'd go a little smaller um, at that kind of price. I dig it. Yeah, weird tournament. Weird time of year, honestly, before we get to – you know, September when people maybe start carrying in. The motivation in these Canadian ones, and even in Cincinnati sometimes, seems a little suspect at times for, uh, you know, both the men and the women. And I always get confused by these Canadian ones because it's like the Montreal and Toronto, it just flip-flops every year. Yeah, the men so are the in women. Toronto this year, and the women are in Montreal. And then next year it just goes back and forth. It's like the Olympics. Like they just switch venues every year. So, so stay at two to one. I can get down with that. I'm, I'm greedy now. I got a nice dog out of it yesterday. I want another one today. Let's do and, it. And yeah, speaking of nice dogs, I did some shopping today. I was a little surprised at some of these numbers. DraftKings had some wild numbers. I don't know how soon I'll get to Iowa. So I guess if you guys want to, you know, Put a bunch of money on this and ruin it for me. That's fine. I can just <laughs> bet it at some locals or elsewhere on, too. Right. Yeah, see if we can do it. But uh, yeah, I gave out some outrights yesterday, including Chez Revi and Ryan Armoua. Both of those were four to one to top twenty. I still liked them an awful lot. I talked about why I did yesterday. Those are kind of no-brainer ads for me because when I bet guys 80, 100 to 1 to win a tournament, I'm probably going to top 20 them too because I, I, I need a better way to put this. I need it a little cleaner, but it's almost – what I always say is like it sucks to be right but not quite right enough when you get one of these. <laughs> you know, I like I had uh, Chez Revy. Uh, at the 3M to win at maybe 100 to 1 or whatever. He was actually leading at one point in the fourth fourth uh, round. It's like, and, you know, cashing his top 20 felt really nice too because he didn't win the tournament. And just not having that just stings when you when you have a long shot that actually does play well like you predicted. Uh, Hammer and Hank. I found a top 20 on him at 3 to 1, which is a little off market. I'm sure that's, you know, dead heat rules apply to that kind of number, but I'm fine with that at this event. He withdrew from the 3M. He actually eagled the 18th hole, pulled out of the tournament, said personal reasons, didn't say why. So I was a little worried. I didn't know what was going on. Turns out he just had a parent get like he got a he got a call right after the round. Said you're you know, you're I think it was his dad got really, really sick. He was yeah. in the hospital for a few days. He just had to run run up there and be with the family. It turned out all right. Yeah. He uh it's I from what I read, he recovered. Everything's fine. He's back to golf. So no injury there. And he was playing really, really good golf. In fact, he was maybe not in the mix to win it. He wasn't outright ahead in 3M. He wasn't going to win it without a, a crazy Sunday. But, uh, you know, he is a guy who's always in the mix there. So Lebiota top 20. And then uh, Stewart, Brian Stewart, not a guy I back an awful lot. He got sixth at the 3M. He got 15th at the Barbasol. He got eighth at the John Deere. He did uh, miss the cut up in Detroit, but another couple nice finishes. He's had other top 20s this year. He's not somebody I back a lot. He's actually a better pull-up uh, golfer or putter than anything, but he can get hot with the putter. He has a couple of rounds or a couple of tournaments where he's gained, you know, three, four, five, six, seven 
strokes uh, on the field putting. That's what I need here. This is a, a birdie fest. This is going to be a scoring. The last five years, the winner has either been minus 21 or minus 22. So you have wow. to be able to find the green and score. He does have pretty decent irons. His approach game was great at the 3M. And like I said, he can get hot with his putter. He's another one. I, I went all longer ones this week. I, I might add some Jason Kokrak. He's about plus 110. It's the best number I can find. Yeah. But for now, just these four and all, all big number top 20s this week. That minus 21, you said, the average finish there. I mean, how does that stack up against other tournaments? I mean, that seems like a really deep number. I know some of these smaller events, people will, you know, regularly put up in the minus 20s, but good God. Yeah, there, there's that stretch, like Detroit, Minneapolis, some of the easier courses, some of the off-brand courses, like the the Mayakoba and things like that. It just Sometimes you put a half-decent field on an easy course, and they're going to score. So it is like that, and unless it gets really windy, which can happen down there uh, where this is located. North Carolina? I almost feel like I'm screwing that. I'm sure it's North Carolina. Yeah, Green, <laughs> Greensboro. Greensboro, North Carolina. So, yeah, where, where it is, it can get windy, but if it doesn't, I mean, it's going to be another probably right around minus 20. So you are going to need to find someone who can create a bunch of opportunities to score birdies or eagles. There are two very eagleable holes. Is eagleable might not be a word, but I'm coining it if it is not a phrase. I like it. So that they do need to be scoring a lot. So looking for guys who can find the green and put it home. So four yeah. top twenties for me. I'll have more tomorrow, and obviously approaching the green later. Dig it. Um, we'll, we'll get to some NFL markets later, but I wanted to kind of go over this because this got me a little excited. Um, and this isn't everything. There is a pretty fat slate. There's a bunch of football, and it's not. I always forget about this when we get to the preseason. A lot of it's not on Sunday. I haven't made any bets yet. I will. I haven't made any prize pick entries yet, but I talked to the team over there, and they because I said I just I just said, hey guys, I didn't pay attention last week when the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Well, I, I was out of town. I was on vacation. I said I didn't pay attention. Are you guys putting up props for preseason football? Absolutely. Said it'll probably be a little closer to game time than normal because it's the preseason. We need to figure out who's even playing. Right. But uh, there is a massive glut of games. There's even rumors. I'm not going to confirm any of these. There are rumors. There's a possibility of it's, you know, it's the preseason for everyone. And there's a possibility of a deep dive halftime show. I'm going to call it a scrimmage because it'll be coming in a little cold. We haven't done this. It's going to be very (laughs) difficult to bet the second half of a preseason game with all the information that you'll need to make that kind of decision. But there's a distinct possibility updates on that later. But if you look at the schedule here, there's games on Thursday. There's games on Friday night. Saturday, you have a noon game. You have an afternoon game. You have an evening game. So if you really want to sit down and watch a shitload of football over the next few days, regardless of the quality or the players that you're going to watch in it, there's a ton of football. So probably tomorrow, once we get some more information, I know lines are starting to populate. I'm going to have some smaller wagers and some preseason games. I'll put together a prize pick entry or two. And, yeah, this is – this is where you really need to dig into Twitter news, like dig into your Twitter news, figure out who's starting, figure out who's playing. You know, you're, you're going to see a lot of the big stuff uh, retweeted pretty quick. Like Deshaun Watson's not traveling to green Bay. I think we kind of all know that the Colts are going with God knows what at quarterback, you know, figuring out what, so yeah, 
the Ravens defending their 17 game winning streak in the preseason says Patrick. I don't know if it's that big, but there are those fun preseason narratives. So we'll get deeper into that tomorrow. Yeah, and props to prize picks. It takes a lot of guts. Preseason football. Way to go, guys. I was actually a little surprised. He's like, yeah, we'll have stuff up. I'm like, good. Good luck to you, buddy. Which actually, good luck to me. It takes a lot of research to figure out the preseason on some of this stuff. That's um, what I was going to say for the deep dive. Are you worried that you might not even know the players of the second half? I mean, you guys get pretty good in your preseason prep, but some of these early preseason games, I mean, I don't know if even the coaches know who's out there. That's where I think we need to decide which game it is pretty effing quick because there needs to be there needs to be a little Practice bit of research on that. And like, hey, who's going to play the third quarter under center for you know X Y Z team? Um, before we get to our win bet fun market for the day, I will remind you that yes, approaching the green is back. Yes, I won an outright without even playing the course last week. What number do you have to shoot this week? I have not found the course record yet. I'm 55. assuming it's gonna be pretty low. It's a 70, it's a par 70. So I'm guessing there's been some 62s, say maybe even a 61. I'll dig into that, but I will be playing Sedgefield tonight with Pam. We'll be back. Bunch of bets in there. So if you want some more golf action, seven central, eight Eastern on the same YouTube channel. If you're on the YouTube channel, by the way, thumbs up me right now before we get to football and I'll let you talk some sacks. Yeah. This is kind of a fun market. You know, we mentioned yesterday, we're going to be kind of hitting on one of these futures markets every single day. Um, you look here, the odds in the sack market from our friends over at WinBet. I like their new logo. It's kind of sharp looking, the new font there. It really um, is. Aaron Donald's the favorite. Uh, the winner last year, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, I, I looked at this just before we got on. Uh, who had 15? Was it Donald or was it somebody else? I know there was 15 and two 13 and a half, but Donald was right up there, top three if he was at number one. Um, the name that stuck out to both of us, though, and I know you've already bet this guy to win Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not sure if you've recorded that deep dive yet. I don't think you've gotten to the Browns. But Miles Garrett, plus 750 to have most sacks. He was one of those guys at 13 and a half, I believe, or a little less, and not in a full season, by the way. I think he only played 14 games last year. Um, he gets to play against two conferences with some of the worst division uh, I'm sorry, the worst offensive lineups for the divisions. Just really like their schedule. And I think that team is going to have no reason to kind of let up at the end of the year. So I expect him to be on the field if he's healthy, playing every single game. And I think he has an opportunity to have a lot of sacks. So I know we kind of went chalk both days here, but what do you think? Yeah, I did play him. Drew and I talked about that earlier. As soon as that came out, we hit him on uh, defensive player of the year. Didn't mind that at all. It was six and a half to one. That number's probably unbettable now. It's got just beat up way more than we even thought. I thought maybe it'd drop a dollar or two, but there's places hanging like 350. I guess maybe if you still want to do get involved with that, Garrett to have most sacks wouldn't be a bad market. I know it's a little more arbitrary and funnily, funnily enough, that's maybe not even a word either, but when we did the deep oh, dive wow. last night, we talked, so I, I talked about golf. Uh, being most interceptions last night or yesterday morning. And then last night we started doing our Lions preview and we got to this long golf discussion about he doesn't want to be on the Lions. The Lions probably don't want him on their team for long-term <laughs> in a rebuild. And we said, well, what does that lead us to? And I'm, and I'm like, well, we both decided like, well, golf is just playing to find his way onto the next team. So he's kind of got to play it safe. He might. And, and then Drew says, well, do we play golf? under interceptions at 13 and a half. I'm like, God damn it. Like that's the exact opposite. What I, what I decided I liked this morning, but I mean, I, had, I had, I was the one who made the point. He just led me to it. So it was, 
it was something. So God, <laughs> God help me. So whoever I, I decided I will not pick a Viking or a Packer in the next two days, because that would just lead me to contradict myself later in the day. I do agree with the Garrett at plus plus seven fifty. sacks can be a little bit arbitrary, but he missed a couple games. I believe that was probably the, the last, those two games he missed, I think were the tail end of his suspension for hitting a guy in the face with a helmet but he did play the other four. I just don't say that. He did play to fourteen games. Yeah. Try to kill somebody with a skate. Yeah, he's he's capable of you know racking up fifteen. He's got some help. They brought in, brought in another a rookie to play a uh, defensive line with him. That's going to be a very good defense, and it's going to be a team that's going to be ahead a lot. It's projected to be a pretty good offense as well. So if he's pass rushing a lot, I love that. Um, the other one I looked at a little bit was Joey Bosa, and this was just strictly based on. And I don't know what you came up with with your offensive line rankings. I know you ranked the teams. I did that a little bit, and then I also looked at schedules. And the Chargers are a team that is going to be facing a pretty bad schedule of offensive lines as far as how they do on pass protection. So they have a, a decent amount of weak offensive lines. He's the other guy who just a little bit – and he is an injury risk, but he only played, I think – 12 games he started 10 last year so he's been a guy who has been injured if you can get a full season in he can absolutely get a, a decent amount of sacks he had seven and a half in 12 games he's topped out at 12 and a half he's another guy who's liable to end up with 15 on the right system i did a little you know a little research into his new defensive coordinator as they shook up the uh coaching staff there and he's a guy that coached under uh i think yeah narduzzi in pittsburgh he coached up uh in the broncos before he took this job so he's under fangio up there so he's a he's been under some decent defensive minds so hopefully this defensive coordinator is half decent and we get some good results 14 to 1 not a bad look on both i think yeah i like that quite a bit too uh it was tj watt last year at 15 aaron donald's at 13 and a half and Garrett was a little more behind. The other guy I saw, uh, he switched teams. Trey Hendrickson was with New Orleans last year when he had 13 and a half. He's going over to Cincinnati, but that puts him again, same division as the Browns, who I've mentioned. They're going to be facing some teams with some bad offensive lines. I, I'm trying to remember yes. the both divisions. I think AFC East, so they get to play the Dolphins and things like that. I just don't know if Cincinnati is going to be good enough that he'll actually get enough opportunities. You know, The way you talked about the Browns and the fact that they'll be up and a lot of opportunities to pass for us. I just wonder if the Bengals, A, are going to get enough opportunity to do that and b is there anybody on the Bengals who can help hendrickson out avoid some doubles on on that end so i probably won't do him maybe just garrett yeah that's a it's a nice long shot i know somebody who's bet like a Daniel hunter defensive player of the year every year since he's been in the league because <laughs> they've always been such massive numbers not so much anymore but we're getting to the point where you know and you can see hunters down there at 12 the minnesota defensive line will be a lot better this year i'm not sure i love yeah. that one but, uh, yeah, I mean, you do get to face, with uh, being on the Bengals, you get to face a pretty bad Steelers offensive line twice a year. So, And if you, who are listening, watching, seeing this clip later perhaps, Matt, I'm talking to you, are <laughs> if you have a hot take or an idea on who you think will be the sack leader in the NFL, obviously we go bet it, a win bet if you really want. You can do a $500 risk-free bet on some tennis and then roll some of that over into – some sack bets. But if you have any takes, obviously hit us up on Twitter later on today. Let us know who you think leads the league in sacks this year. Yeah, 15 is kind of a magic number, isn't it? Uh, it's It's been right around that number every year. 15 might be a little high, to be honest. Um, I went back and looked, but it's right around 15 every year. So we'll see who gets there. 
Matt says Khalil Mack. That is incorrect. Sorry, Matt. It will be a decent, decent defensive line. So, all right, Alex, should we? Uh, let's go eat That's lunch. It. Honestly, I'm hungry. I am hungry. I'm gonna go play some golf. All right, that sounds good. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday.